Are you tired of putting yourself last? Of taking care of everybody else's needs and powering through to meet the next set of impossible standards? In our fast-paced society, we lose touch with our intrinsic worth, with the ability to value ourselves for who we are right now. Instead of living life exhausted, frustrated, and disconnected from your authentic self, maybe it's time to put yourself back in the life you've worked so hard to create. Join radio host and life choreographer Laura Cheadle and learn how to build your dreams and live your sparkle using the five steps of flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. I'm Laura Cheadle, and as you may or may not know, I am over 50. (laughs) And you know what? Aging is one of those things that has changed a lot in the world. And last Sunday, I'm recording this when last Sunday was the Super Bowl. And I'm not sure when you're listening to it, but if you haven't heard, there's been a lot of talk about uh, J-Lo and Shakira and their age and who can do what at what age. And age is kind of a big thing right now. And that's why I'm really excited to have today's guest. Her name is Linus Woods Mullins, and she is a certified holistic living and wellness expert and certified life coach specifically for women over 40. She's the founder of Praise Works Health and Wellness, a mind and body spirit wellness company that specializes in educating women 40 and over on wellness, which I love because from my own point of view, wellness and fitness are completely different things. And I love that her focus is on wellness. Now, for the last 10 years, Linus has educated women over 40 about mind, body, and spirit wellness through coaching programs, ebooks, DVDs, radio programs, webinars, a digital magazine and podcast series, a webcast series, wellness re- retreats, you name it, she does it. And the focus on all of those things is educating women about holistic practices, fitness, nutrition, and spiritual renewal. So as you can tell, she is my kind of (laughs) lady. Now, I just want to welcome her to the show, and we will let her talk about her philosophy, her work, what it means to be over 40, and all of that. So welcome to the show, Linus. Well, thank you, Laura, for having me. It's wonderful to be here. And, you know, I saw your name, quite frankly, on Facebook. I think you might belong to my group. I'm not sure how exactly we uh, came across, but I I just looked at you and there was just something that was radiating from you. I don't do this very often, uh, but I reached out to you to say I would be interested in being in your podcast. I do not do that often, um, but uh, something just spoke to me. So I said, I'm just going to ask her. She She may not know me from Adam. But um, something about your messaging resonated. And um, first of all, let me say that you don't look anywhere near 50. I am your significant senior because I will be 63 in about five months. So. That's amazing. And you don't look anywhere near 50, let alone 60. So. Well, that's okay. You're well on your way to that as well. And, you know, um, my philosophy about growing older is, first of all, I'll tell you something that my cousin told me when we were nine years old. He was wise then. He's still wise now. But he was only nine at the time. And I think I was like about 11. He wanted to play with us. And we said, no, because you're too young. And he said, it's not the age, it's the stage. So (laughs) I have remembered that all these years. We still tease him about that. But he was absolutely right. It depends on the stage of life that you're at. And I really truly believe that midlife doesn't mean no life. You know, midlife means it's an opportunity to take all of those skills, talents and abilities, all those gifts, all of your life experiences, all the wisdom that you develop, taking all of that and using it to propel you to living a life of your dreams, a life you love, a life that you're passionate about. And many times in midlife, we do stop and take stock and say, you know, gee, what am I doing with my life? There must be more. We give so much to others, you know, to our families, our children, our husbands, our parents in some cases, you know, our neighbors. We play all these different roles. And somewhere along the line, we put ourselves on the back burner. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know and, and then when we reach back there, it's hard for us to find ourselves. And my goal is to help women 
find themselves again. And one way to uh, find yourself is, first of all, to check in with your mind, body, and spirit and where you are on that continuum in terms of being well. Because if you're feeling well, then you're feeling better about yourself. And then you're feeling more inclined to go after those things that maybe you you hadn't gone after before or things you've been putting off. But I really do think that everything starts with wellness, especially in midlife. Absolutely, because as we do age, things change around. And I don't like the rhetoric that things get worse and our bodies get worse. It's not that they get worse, but things shift around and there's so much we can do. And just because maybe we're not doing ridiculously high level fitness, we might be doing more mindful fitness, yoga Mm -hmm. and Pilates, and we can still do everything and maybe even more and it's not a bad shift and and I love that you talk about all of that and that you incorporate the mind the body the spirit because we are whole things yes and you know um sometimes I think about you know the 20s and the 30s when I might have been definitely younger definitely thinner um uh you know a lot of different things going on back there but would I really want to go back to those hair on fire moments absolutely not I have four (laughs) daughters who are between the ages of 27 and 35. And I talk with them every single day through text, FaceTime, phone calls, every day. And most of the time I just listen because as you get older and your children get older, you become more like a coach than a parent because they're going to do what they want to do anyway. So, yeah, so I listen a lot. And I think to myself, oh, I am so glad I am not in those hair on fire because everything's, everything's like, you know. But as you get older, you have a frame of reference. You have life experience. You probably have survived a lot. So now that you are past the hair on fire moments, you can begin to leverage all those things that you've learned about those hair on fire moments and apply them to the things that you want to do now moving forward, which is, you know, driving. And I believe in, um, I have a a new uh, messaging that I've been um, um, working on and it's going to be part of my new podcast that launches on February 25th on uh, iTunes and it's called Vibe Living and Vibe is an acronym much like uh, FLAUNT is Um, you know and Vibe stands for being vibrant intuitive beautiful and emerged And I I think, yeah, I do too. And I I think that that's really what it's all about because of course we want vibrancy because with vibrancy comes the energy and the desire to pursue things. And from beauty, I'm talking more from an inner beauty. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story about that. Um, I think when I turned about 60, I started getting more compliments about the way I look than I ever did when I was 30. And I don't think I look any better. I just think what's going on is the inner beauty that's radiating out. There's something about an older woman who's feeling good in their skin, who knows what joy is all about and staying positive and keeping her vibration high. And people just, you know, are attracted to that. My husband teases me all about it all the time. We'll go somewhere and say, okay, how many people are going to tell you you look beautiful today? You know, it's like, oh, nobody's going to, I mean, my hair is wrapped up like now. You know, I'm not, I'm not dressed up or anything like that. But it happens almost every single time. And it has nothing to do with the outer. And then the yeah. other piece about intuition. Um, we are born with that. We all have that ability. But in midlife, I think it becomes, becomes even keener. And there are ways, yes, and there are ways that we can enhance that you know, that intuitiveness. And I talk about that. I teach that. And the other part is just emerging, you know, taking all those things, your vibrancy, your inner and outer beauty, and your intuition, and emerging into the woman that you want to be, the woman that you know you can be, maybe the woman you kind of put off being because you've been doing everything for everyone else. And I think midlife is the time to vibe. It's the time to really pursue all those passions. I love that. And I want to go back through and hit a few of those. On the vibrant end, something I was thinking about when you were talking about that, when my kids were little, and I'm talking maybe like four and six, and you know, you still have the extra baby weight on and you make these excuses and and you get frustrated and you're like, "Ah, and it's just a few extra pounds and you're busy and but you like it's that hair on fire panic because you're younger and you're thinking things like that matter. I remember being at the pool with my kids and seeing this woman who was also at the pool of, with her kids. And where I had maybe 15 extra pounds, she had probably 115 extra pounds. Yeah. She was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. And I mm-hmm. kid you not, 
she had on this beautiful bikini, bikini, and she was laughing and playing and splashing, and it was that radiant beauty, mm-hmm. and that was a watershed moment for me because I thought, uh-huh. here I am with 15 pounds of baby weight, feeling all depressed, feeling like I should be doing this, sitting by the pool in my one piece, covering up with my wrap, and there she is living and looking beautiful. Yes, isn't that amazing? That is such an important story because I think loving yourself, learning to love yourself, if you don't feel you do, right where you are in this moment in time, exactly how you are in this moment in time, is the most important component of starting that wellness journey. It really is. It really is. You have to accept yourself, um, you know, as you are and love that and love yourself enough to if you want to make that change to be healthier or you want to make the change to drop the inches or you want to make the change to have more peace in your life or whatever, then you know that you can do that because you love yourself enough to put forth the effort to get that done. Yeah, yeah, because even in that moment, who was burning more calories? Me sitting by the pool with my wrap on or her <laughs> around with her kids? You know? <laughs> like, no, I, I'm the one that's not even moving into the fitness journey. I'm all in my head about it. Right, exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think that um, vibrancy has everything to do with your level of positivity and the positive energy that is flowing through you and radiating out. That's why I really uh, focus a lot on teaching uh, women ways to raise their vibration because, I mean, there literally are ways that you can do that and raise your vibration. Yes. Okay, now I'm going to take a little step back on that. Most of my listeners, I I believe, know what raising your vibration is. But Mm -hmm. for people who might be coming to this podcast for the first time and you're saying, raise your vibration? What? (laughs) Can you give a little description about what you mean by that? Yeah, by raising your vibration, I mean keeping yourself on a positive energy level and not allowing negativity to enter in what I call that vibe bubble, you know, that little bubble that you can create for yourself. And it's not that you're unaware or in denial or, you know, you know, about what's going on. You're very aware. You're just not allowing it to impact you in such a way where you are feeling it and it's getting you down and lowering your positive energy quotient. That's really yeah. what raising your vibration is all about. And, and I know a little bit about this because I am an empath. So I feel a lot for other people that I don't even know, strangers on the street or whatever. When I learned how to begin to do the things to raise my vibrations, like, you know, meditation, uh, yoga, um, sometimes changing my environment, uh, removing the toxicity in my life and relationships or even environments, and even the kind of food that I eat, you know, eating clean as much as possible. Uh, when I learned how to do those things, um, that really helped me to create a bubble that doesn't, you know, allow too much of those things that aren't high in vibration to penetrate. And occasionally that happens, but the good news is that when that happens, you know what to do. Like for me, uh, yesterday was a rough day. Um, My daughter, who's getting married, her father-in-law, unfortunately, um, is not doing well. And they've been holding visual in his bedside for quite some time. And uh, then my other daughter got into a car accident. Uh, She's fine, but you know. And uh, then there was, you know, things going on in our country that are just crazy. My my husband um, had the TV going, and I don't like listening to that stuff, but I can hear it, you know. So finally, I thought, you know what? I have lots I need to do, but I'm pushing back. And I'm going to go into my bubble. And for me, going into the bubble is listening to my music with subliminal messaging, doing some meditation, reading affirmations, maybe watching a funny movie, going for a walk, doing whatever is necessary to bring myself back. Eating, I ate a, I ate a big salad with cucumbers and um, bell peppers, all fresh food, you know, um, and, and raising my vibration, getting it back up there so that by, you know, within an hour or two, I was back. And it's something that you have to work at, just like anything else. But um, I lived too many years with a lower vibration. I had right. suffered from, a, from an anxiety disorder for years. That's how I got into this whole thing, uh, looking for a holistic way uh, to deliver myself from an anxiety disorder without taking pharmaceuticals. And um, so I worked very hard at learning all these different kinds of things. And that's where I learned about raising the vibration. And it really does work. It does. I mean, you said something that I think is very important that I also want to point out to our listeners. You said you're not, it's not that you're ignoring what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. You can feel it, you know what's going on, and you still choose to make some positive choices. Yes. And 
you know, I'm with you. I do not watch the news. It stresses me out. And it doesn't mean that I don't know what's going on, Mm -hmm. but I will choose to read things in small doses. And when I start feeling nauseous, I just quit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Your body tells you. It, it gives you signals. If you're getting an upset stomach and you don't know why because you haven't even eaten yet, or if you all of a sudden start getting a headache, if you're just beginning to feel unwell, it's something that's going on in your environment that's bothering you. That's the first sign. And that's also the first sign for you to make a change, whatever it is, to get away from that. Because those feelings can easily exacerbate and turn into other things. It's one of the reasons why we suffer from different kinds of chronic disease and heart disease and high blood pressure and obesity and cholesterol because we're not listening to our bodies when we get those initial feelings. Yeah, absolutely. And then even you mentioned your, you know, daughter with the father-in-law by mm-hmm. bedtime. We, I, I have an old dog and I, I'll cry talking about it, but we just had her put to sleep on Sunday. Oh, wow. And, yeah. yeah. And like that de- death happens and illness happens and bad things happens. And same thing. It's that balance of allowing yourself to mm-hmm. feel this mm-hmm. is painful and this is hard. And I can take a walk and Mm -hmm. I can meditate. And then it helps balance that out because you're right. If you stuff it all down and never grieve or never process, that hurts your body too. Yes. And, you know, my daughter who got in the car accident and she was just feeling so beat up because some other things are going on. I mean, she's hair on fire. She's 27. So she's hair on fire. So I said, you know what I need you to do? I need you to get your journal that I gave you for Christmas and just start writing about all the things you are grateful for, no matter how small they are. I mean, if you're grateful for the nail polish you have on that doesn't chip, then write it down. You got to flip the script. And because what you focus on what you think about, what you ponder on truly does come to pass and it creates a different kind of energy. So if you're focusing on gratitude and start thinking about things that you're grateful for before you know it, things stop popping up that, that you can be grateful for all around you. And you've managed to change the trajectory of your thoughts and also the, the trajectory of things that start happening to you. I absolutely positively believe that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do too. Now, the I in your vibe is on intuition. And yes. you know, same thing. I, I am very intuitive and I too believe that it develops with time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of want to give an overview of intuition. Again, most of our listeners, I think, have experienced. Most of our listeners understand it. But talk about the role of intuition in your life. Well, you know, I think we're all born with it. We can, it's like a muscle, like anything else. You hear about, you know, the, the faith muscle, you know, yes. the, of course, you have the heart muscle and all these other. This is one of those esoteric muscles that we all have intuition. The more we use it, the stronger it gets. And I believe the older we get, the louder that voice is. And it's that inner voice. Some people call it the subconscious, the Holy Spirit, that inner voice that you can hear loud and clear. Sometimes you listen to it and do, and you do what it says, and sometimes you don't. But one thing's for certain. When you really think about it, the times that you don't listen to that inner voice, things end up being a hot mess. I'll give you an example that I know that all of us have dealt with. I say to myself, okay, I'm going to put this right here. I'm going to put this, these earphones, okay, right here. That way I know I won't forget them. And the inner voice says, don't put them right there. You know I can remember where you put them, okay? Oh, yes, I will, okay? Uh, two hours later, where are my headphones? I cannot find them anywhere. Now, eventually, eventually I will, but I would have wasted two, three hours trying to find my headphones. If I had listened to that inner voice, I would have said, well, okay, where should I put them? Where you normally put them, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I'm talking about. And one way to develop uh, listening to that inner voice is to document every time that inner voice has spoken to you and you listened and what happened and the times when you didn't listen and what happened. And you'll begin to see a trend. When you listen, good things happen. When you don't listen, it's a hot mess. So, yeah. And that's and, Yeah, and I, and I also developed intuition uh, through more listening, and sometimes it's hard to listen when there's so many things going at you. Uh, so I do meditate. I'm not one of those long, long meditators. Uh, one of the guests I had on, I had a podcast for nine years called The Wellness Journey. And one of my guests talked about, um, uh, she had a formula called three by three. And Ooh. it was uh, three minutes a day, three times a day meditation. 
<laughs> so yeah, so that's what I do. And it really did help me to be able to meditate longer. But I am very high energy. I have lots of stuff going on. So if I can meditate for five minutes a day, and let me tell you something, a secret about meditation, which I'm sure you know that I want to share with your listeners. For those of you uh, women out there who are looking for ways to reduce those inches and pounds uh, without just counting calories and dieting, believe it or not, meditating is an excellent way to begin to slowly reduce those inches and pounds. And I'll tell you why, especially as you age. Um, when we're stressed and moving around a lot, we have an increase in cortisol. And cortisol is that hormone that we already have that, that gets even higher when we're stressed. And then it gets doubly higher as we age. So if you're stressed out and you're in midlife, you're going to be getting thicker and thicker. So one way to counteract that is to do the three by three, three minutes a day, three times a week, just calming yourself down and meditating where it's listening to affirmations or listening to music or just being silent, listening to a buzz that only you can hear, whatever that is. Uh, and that really does begin to lower your cortisol levels and over time, along with other things that you will do, uh, you, the, 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 the weight will just melt off. It will. It's when we're obsessing about losing the weight, worrying about it, and it's not working and all that kind of stuff. That's when <laughs> we get on the scale. We're like, how did I gain that pound? <laughs> yes, yes. And, and I love that you mentioned that because, you know, like I said earlier, things do change in midlife. And it's not good or it's not bad. It just is. And I love that you mentioned just meditate and stay calm about yes, it. You're yes. out of that hair on fire stage. Yes. Let's breathe into our bodies. Let's not get stressed out. Mm -hmm. Let's be mature queens and meditate and breathe. Yes. And I just yes. love that because menopause does change things. And I know you work with menopause. Mm -hmm. um, and I love if you have any other insight on that because this is one of my pet peeves. People don't really talk about menopause. They talk about it like it's some communicable disease, and it's not. No, we no. We all have it, mm -hmm. and I thought no. it was fine. No. <laughs> you know, and everybody has different symptoms with menopause, and I talk about menopause a lot um, in my Facebook group, Wellness Woman 40 and Beyond. I've, I talk about it a lot. I've done series on it on my um, Facebook Live show, Linus Minutes. But basically, with menopause, you really want to learn to listen to your body. Everything is different for everybody, but I can tell you that one of the things that's very helpful, but also elusive sometimes for menopause is rest. It's really yes. important that you get whatever your body requires. Some people require six hours, some people require eight. And there are ways to still get that even in menopause. One of them is to exercise during the course of the day. And I know people are like, ah, exercise. I didn't exercise when I was 20. Whoa. Well, guess what? Your body's not the same as it was when you were 20, okay? So you're going, because of your self-love, because you want to love yourself and you want to be well, you're going to get that motivation. You're going to feel empowered enough to go for that walk around the block, do a little strength training, maybe take a yoga class, get with some girlfriends, and maybe take a, a, some kind of a fitness class or something. You want to do something every day that incorporates movement. That helps to usher in sleep. Another thing that can be helpful is to turn everything off in the room, including your cell phone. I would highly suggest that women in midlife especially get landlines for all kinds of reasons so that, you know, if you're worried about the adult kids can't reach you on the cell phone, they can reach you on the landline, you know. Right. Uh, but to turn off the phone, to put the phone in another room and turn all the way off anything that still gives off blue light. And that can be helpful as well. Uh, as well as listening, maybe you're a person who likes sounds, listening to oceans and um, listening to rain or, you know, calming music, aromatherapy. Um, there are different scents that can usher in relaxation. Lavender oil is one of my favorite ones. And I put the essential oils, I put them in the bottom of my feet. I might wow. drink lavender tea, maybe some melatonin. That's another natural occurring um, that you can uh, t take in a pill form, which kind of calm you down. Um, I love melatonin. Yes. And there's a real thing about um, calcium. You know, calcium can help you calm down. You know how in the old days they say uh, drink a um, hot thing of milk. 
Well, I don't I haven't had cow's milk in many, many years, but I do drink almond milk. So I will make myself an almond milk uh, maca latte. Uh, maca, you know, caffeine works opposite for me. Okay, so really? maca has yeah, maca has caffeine in it. Maybe it's once again mine time because it's nighttime. You know, I drink okay. a little bit of that and I fall right to sleep. CBD oil, um, not the one with THC, but CBD right. oil with just a little bit underneath your tongue uh, that can lull you to sleep. There are things that you can do. Uh, keeping the room uh, maybe uh, cooler than maybe the rest of the house. Sometimes when it's too hot, it dries up your sinuses and you get dry throat and it wakes you up. So, you know, keeping the uh, room temperature cool. These are all things that can help you to rest. And also, if you are a person that just doesn't sleep well at night, then nap time is a good time too. It's okay to take naps. There's nothing wrong. It doesn't mean that you're getting old. You're just being wise. You know your body clock. A lot of people uh, slow down between two and three. If you're in an environment when you can do that, that's fine. If you're not in an environment then you do, and you can, um, can't do that, you need to join my group because I talk about that a lot. Um, extra energy, how to get extra energy between those critical hours of two and four where many of us get ready to go to our other life after four o'clock you know we our right. family and friends or whatever else and you want to have the energy for that and in midlife because of menopause many times our blood sugar levels go down and we're feeling tired and i'm telling you drinking some coffee and chocolate unless it's dark chocolate isn't the way to go there are other things that you can do right no, and it's so important, and I love that you, you know, talk about that. There's a wide variety of things to do, mm-hmm. and a lot of it depends on us. And you talked about caffeine working differently for you, and we're all different. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the gift of it, – it's the marriage between that intuition mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the menopause. Your spirit is giving you some cues to listen to. Start listening to your body. Start listening to what's going on. And then look at this wide range of options and figure out things that work for you because that just enhances so much of your own quality of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about movement? You were talking about this, you know, this this beautiful, and we did the vibrancy, but then this this beauty and this making yourself better and moving. Well, absolutely. You know, I tell women all the time, we are not stick figures. You know, we weren't created like this. We have joints that move. And it's very important for us to move our joints. We don't have to necessarily uh, train like we're doing a triathlon or a marathon, train for a marathon. We don't have to do the hard impact aerobics. But yoga, Pilates, taking a dance class, swimming, which is low impact but wonderful exercise, strength training, which is really required for your bone health. Um, maybe you want, I know some, I have a group of women that uh, love to go roller skating, back riding, um, I mean, bike riding, all of those things. Maybe some things that you haven't done in a long time, but you kind of want to do because here's the deal. You will find, even though it might take you a while to get, talk yourself into doing it, once you start doing it and moving, those happy hormones, the dopamine and uh, the um, the other happy hormones, one of them is escaping me right now, gray fog, um, that, um, <laughs> that starts going, happy hormones, and yeah, and, and you feel better. You feel better. So look at it this way. If you want to feel better, start moving. Yes. Absolutely. You, know what? you were saying, and I, and I agree, that it doesn't have to be high impact, but I'm just going to be a little devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. I've been teaching fitness since 1988, and I was mm-hmm. a before that, and my body loves high impact, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I still do it for me, and I still am safe at it because my body knows how to do it. Right. And it's so funny. You know, I teach classes. I'm like, it's 1980s aerobics. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun for me, and it's moving into my joy, and of course, some things are modified, mm-hmm. that's just something, too, that I encourage people to still move into what they enjoy. Because yes. When people get locked into, I'm over 40, I can't. You're over 40 and you still might want to. You're over 60 and you still might want to. Mm-hmm. And as long as you modify it for you and know your own body, my husband is in you know his mid-50s and he still plays football, mm-hmm. not tackle, but because that was his sport of choice and his body okay. still knows how to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, and there is a difference between starting something new and being stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always want to be careful and I always encourage women uh, who haven't worked out for a long time or who maybe have never been physical to consult the doctor, check things out, yeah. find out that everything's okay or isn't okay, whatever, and then figure out what works for you. 
I'm very aware of women and knees and other joints. And so if you are doing aerobics or high-level impact, you want to make sure that you have the right kind of shoes. Yeah. Uh, that's really important, especially as you age, so that you are uh, being very comfortable with the joints. I'm a dancer and have been dancing um, since I was four years old. Classical ballet, modern dance, whatever. And yeah. I'm in fairly good shape. But I do take caution. I know that there's some jumps now that I'm just not going to do. because, And it's not that I've been hurt before or that's a weak point, but something in my mind is telling me, don't do that. So I listen to that uh, because I know my mind, I, I, trust, I trust that inner voice that's telling me that. It's not just a fear quotient. There's something else going on. And so as a result, what I've done is when I'm doing choreography, that normally there would be a jump or a turn in there, I just modify that uh, so that it still moves, you know, with grace and all that, but I'm not taking that chance of, you know, taking off and coming down on a buckled ankle or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And just use your wisdom. Yeah, and I love how you talk about that intuition piece because same thing. I was a dancer for years, and I danced point up until about five years ago. Mm -hmm. Not consistently, but I whipped out my point shoes about a month ago, and I thought, uh-uh, it doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, have, I haven't done point since I probably since I was about 40 because I, um, it was never an easy thing for me because I have flat feet, so I had to develop my instep. And I even danced professionally on point, but it came to a point where I just had to stop. It was, it was, it always was painful. You know, some people have that high instep and so they can do that, you know, but for me, that wasn't the case. Yeah. For me, I had to build that instep. I mean, seriously. And, uh, finally at about 42, I was like, yeah, no, but I didn't stop dancing. I just modified and changed it, uh, so that I could still move because I, for me, movement is is an integral part of my life. I've been dancing since I was four years old, and I'm 63, so moving is very important. But I want to encourage those women who have never had movement as a regular part of their regime. There's something that you do probably at least once a week that you probably might not recognize as movement, and maybe something you do maybe two or three times a month that you not recognize as movement. You go to the grocery store. Okay, mm -hmm. you park cars. I would suggest that you park your car at the furthest point rather than driving around for hours looking for a parking place. Park it at the furthest point and walk to your destination. When you get into the store and you have a basket, go ahead and push that basket all around the perimeter of the store and up and down the aisles of the store. Now, I'm not saying put everything that you see in the aisles of the store in the basket. That's not what this is for. But I'm saying you could take this time to move and get your heart pumping and all of that and, and put some music on. I can't tell you how many times I've danced in the aisles of grocery stores. I don't care. I mean, people are like, oh, what do you guys do? Yeah, I do it all the time. It's nice long aisle you know, and it's a great way to get movement in. When the other thing is when you're going shopping, you know, shopping with your girlfriends at the mall or these days they have outdoor malls or whatever, go ahead and walk to every shop. Go into every shop. Tour the shops. Go out, walk to the other shop. It's a great way to get in movement. And walking is one of the best forms of exercise ever because it engages a little bit of everything. If you're doing walking on a regular basis and you're concerned about, you know, getting your core together, I, I do this anyway because of all the years of dance. You, I tuck in, I'm sitting here and I'm tucking in. It almost hurts to let it out. It's just, you know, but anyway, you know, you tuck in your core, you know, you're aware of that. Maybe use some hand weights as you're walking. Well, you know, you're a fitness expert. And these are small things you can do, but incremental changes done on a consistent basis can glean you really excellent results and big mm -hmm. results, larger than incremental, big results. So yeah. those are just a few things that you can yeah. do to, to get moving. And I love those tips because same thing, I've even told people if they drive a lot, you have a steering wheel. You can isometrically push and pull on that steering wheel. That's a great idea. Yeah, you sure could. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> not hard, but every red light, if you do some pushes and pulls, you get your chest and you get your back. Yep, yep. And if you're sitting in front of a TV, I suggest you sit on an exercise ball rather than on the couch and just kind of move around and get engaged those hip socket muscles because the hips are one of the things that goes for everybody, men and women. You hear all the time about, you know, folks having hip replacements. So when I'm sitting, um, uh, well, when I'm sitting watching TV, which is not very often anymore, but when I do, I do do the ball and I do my stretches. I try to make that some kind of movement time so that I'm not a sedentary. Yes, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now talk about the name Praise Works. Tell mm-hmm. me what that is all about. Well, you know, when I um when I left Corporate America and I left because I had an epiphany, I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. And while I was away at a respite trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up, um I thought about the idea because of all these years of dance uh, that maybe I would open up a dance studio and I would focus on dance for women over 40. And one of the classes I would do would be praise dance and, and praise dance is dancing to, you know, spiritual music, gospel music, Christian music, uh, any kind of music that's uplifting. And I'm with, for me, I had been praise dancing for like 10 years. So I said, I'll teach praise dance and, you know, maybe I'll teach beginning ballet or whatever. So I did that. I, uh, I started out, renting a room from um, a community center and three times a week I would teach classes and um, and the name of the company was PraiseWorks. And um, I, I had women that came, you know, over 40, over 50, and I quickly found out that these women needed so much more than just dance. Uh, I had some, some women who uh, were just coming out of a divorce. Others had just retired. Uh, someone else was recovering from breast cancer. Two others had arthritis. Another lady was obese. Uh, two of them had uh, issues with their kids. I mean, there's just a plethora of things that can lead to other things if it's not taken care of. So I decided, yeah. what else can I do? And I really, I went back to school. I, I already had my master's in something totally different. But I went back to school and got certified in holistic health and Pilates and yoga and some other things, nutrition. And that's where Praise Works Health and Wellness came about i just never changed my name because i already had incorporated and all this stuff so i just added health and wellness and so that's where that came from and through the years i developed branding you know um wellness woman 40 and beyond brand which is a um wellness brand for women over 40 and then vibe living which is a brand new brand that has to do with living vibrantly and probably um also we'll talk more to the 30 getting ready to be 40 um conundrum and another brand was distress the mess uh which is my holistic stress reduction program for women over 40 so it's been quite a ride (laughs) since i've been doing this yes yeah and it it, but it's also interrelated because like you said we all need everything it's not that we can just go to the gym three times a week and fix everything nor can we just go see a traditional counselor or a holistic therapist and be like yep well that was it it's an ongoing journey and that mind body spirit thing is a continuum and i don't know if they're ever always in sync but you know that when anything isn't out when something's out of place you do what's necessary to get it back in place because if you ignore it for a while then the other stuff goes out too and then then you have issues so the whole idea is just to be aware and to do things to address those needs in the mind the body and the spirit Absolutely. And you're right. As things start pulling in and it's always in flux, but Mm -hmm. it's always just moving forward. Yes. Yes. Well, I love how you had used the analogy that vibe and flaunt are both acronyms. Yes. I'd like to ask you some questions around flaunt. Sure. Yeah, your take about it. Flaunt, the F is find your fetish. And I define fetish as that magical thing that we just think lifts us up, that brings us so much joy. It's just our playtime. What is your fetish? What do you love? Well, I have several. <laughs> but I find that one of them truly does lead me to other things that I uh, want to do. I take a long walk every Saturday, about 7 to 10 miles. And in that walk, there are so many creative downloads and things that come. I mean, my idea of doing a speaker tour, uh, Living Well Women, it was a speaking tour that we did last year. We traveled to 10 different cities um, for women. And it, it was my idea, and I found the women, and the women that I found were not even women that I knew. We had a podcast, and, and that came from walking. So I love going on those long walks early in the morning. My husband knows that when I leave on Saturday, he doesn't know when I'm going to see him back. Sometimes I might take the Uber back, but the whole idea is I walk to the mall, to all my favorite little hotspots, the bookstore, Panera's, all these places. I don't sit. I just walk to them and stuff, and I'm not even aware that I'm walking as long as I'm walking because I'm listening to podcasts and music or whatever. But I love doing that because it leads me to other things. In fact, I started doing adult coloring. And how I did that was on one of my walks, the inner voice said to go to Borders. I went to Borders. It said go to the coloring section. I'm like, coloring? I'm a color since I was a kid. And I went there and I saw a couple of things and I bought it. 
And now you should see how many things I have colored. Now I have books and books and books. I probably have about 400 gel pens or whatever. But it was that walk that led me to, um, you know, more fun and more joy. So I guess that's one of my fetishes. Yes, I love my long walk on Saturdays. I bet. That's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I bet. So the L on flaunt is laugh out loud. What is the role humor plays in your life? And what do you do when you need some humor in your life? Well, um, I am a laugher. Uh, my husband said that living life with me is like living with Lucy, and he's right, because there's always something going on. He's a real kind of, you know, pragmatic, even person, and I'm like this all the time, you know, things always going on. So my laughter comes from uh, my grandchildren, who I absolutely love. I have a, a four-year-old and a five-year-old who are cousins, but they're very close, and a 14-year-old, and they're a great source of joy and laughter. But I also uh, laugh with my daughters. I have four grown daughters. We're very, very close and they've become my, my they're my daughters but they're also my friends and we laugh a lot and I think the thing that makes me laugh probably the most um, I, <laughs> I laugh just thinking about it I like watching Curb Your Enthusiasm it's so dry and so sarcastic but it's my kind of humor and it, sometimes it's a laugh out loud kind of thing because some of the stuff is just so silly but I like I like silly I like to be able to laugh I watch old funny movies one of my f- favorite old movies that when I want to laugh is Arsenic and Old Lace with oh. Cary Grant I just love that movie and every time I watch it I crack up I don't know how many times I've watched it but oh. laughter is healing it's all it gets those happy hormones going and before you know it, you feel better. So laughter is a, an important part of my life. It is. And I, I too, love that movie. And, and Do you? <laughs> I just, I, you know what? I know that it must be very popular because it's hard to find it free anywhere. You have to pay for it on YouTube or wherever, or you just buy the video because it. it is a classic. You bought it. Okay. Uh-huh. It's a classic. It's a classic. It is. Another classic that I love is Some Like It Hot with Marilyn. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. Yes. I like that, too. I used to love What's Up, Doc, but I would fast forward it to a particular scene that used to crack me up. This They're trying to keep this lady from getting to her hotel room, these two crazy guys. So what okay. they would do, finally, because they ran out of ideas, is they would run up in front of her real fast and stick their leg out, and she would trip. And, and then, you know, fast forward, they're still running and sticking their leg out till finally the next scene, she's holding on to their leg and they're dragging her. So oh, wow. you're trying to keep her from getting to the hotel room. But it's one of those things you have to see it to know. But it just cracks me up every single time. And I have watched that maybe a thousand times, but I just love that scene. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. But like that, that's that intentionality of knowing yourself and knowing what is funny and then being aware, like you mentioned anxiety, that being aware that you're in a state of anxiety, a state of stress, a state of depression, and choosing to do something, something about it. Yes. Not feed into it, but do something about it. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, the next letter is N, and that's for navigate the negative. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about this earlier. Life just has a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. Yeah. yeah. And and it sounds like you went through quite a lot in your past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm just curious what you have to offer our listeners who might be right in the midst of anxiety or Mm -hmm. depression or Mm -hmm. divorce or death. Mm -hmm. What what can you offer them to help navigate through those negative times? Well, I can tell you that one of the things I found out about my anxiety was some of it had to do with some things that I experienced. One of them had to do with how I found out about my mother's death. My my mother was uh, hit by a fire truck on her way to work and she was 56 years old and she wasn't sick or anything and how I found out about it while I was waiting to hear of news of her because my dad was with her at the hospital I called her secretary and uh, because I wanted to get some numbers and I had left my organizer at work these are the days of the Ben Franklin planners back in 89 and so um, I called and see if she can go through mom's Rolodex because my mom had all my best friend's numbers and so she said oh Linus we are so sorry. We loved your mother. And I was like, loved? And I could hear in the background people in the office crying. And I said, you mean she's gone? And that's when my anxiety disorder started. uh, Because I began subconsciously and sometimes even consciously trying to control the outcome never having any surprises no matter what 
And eventually, you know, after 20 something years of that, I had what I guess some would call a nervous breakdown or whatever, but it was truly an epiphany. And uh, that's when I was diagnosed for the anxiety disorder. And one of the things that I learned uh, in terms of helping me deal with the anxiety, I learned over the years not to be afraid of it and go ahead and allow myself to lean into it for a while. Instead of pushing it down and avoiding it, go ahead and realize, okay, it's here. I'm feeling anxious, okay, and allowing myself to feel it and thinking about what's the worst that can happen as a result of my feeling this way. And I used to have a timer, okay, for five minutes, I'm going to feel this, <sighs> you know, and then uh, at the end of that, of the timer, okay, that's it, put on some happy music, go out for a walk, uh, call a girlfriend, watch a funny movie, journal, exercise, do something else, even eat. I know that might be a bad thing, but at that time, if that brings you out of it, but do something that's going to bring you a sense of comfort. But first, face that, that demon. Um, you'll find over time that your anxiety um, doesn't last as long. And hopefully comes less. And that's just one of the things, but that really helped me. And it took me a long time to arrive to that. But I realized that I had to get just a modicum of courage to, like, face it and say, okay, I'm there. Now, when I feel it, um, one of the things I learned also that anxiety, especially for midlife women, many times comes as a result of something that's going on with your thyroid. So you always want to make sure that you check your thyroid health. Because many times, yes, many times your thyroid may not be, for instance, uh, manufacturing enough iodine. Iodine many times come from salt. And midlife women a lot of times watch their salt. Many of us stopped eating iodized salt. We don't get enough iodine. So a lot of times uh, we might have um, hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism. But find out what it is. Um, Many times just, um, you know, Himalayan salt, which has iodine in it, can be very helpful when it comes to dealing uh, with your thyroid. But find out what's going on and then do what's necessary. I'm not necessarily suggesting or advocating for HRT. There's so many other things you can do, uh, hormone replacement therapy. There's so many other things you can do. But many times that anxiety that you're feeling in midlife might have something to do with your thyroid. But the other thing that I do that really helps is SAM-E. Are you familiar with that? I swear by SAM-E. SAM-E is great for um, um, replacing that chemical. SAM-E is a chemical that our brain produces. And as we get older, it doesn't produce it as much. It stops producing as much at the age of 25. So by the time we get into our midlife uh, levels, other things are going on anyway. And that's probably one of the least. But it really does help with um, enhancing your mood. And it helps with um, anxiety, uh, depression, and the condition um, that a lot of people have uh, when they're living in places that have very low sunlight, like in Seattle Uh or in Alaska, because they're not getting enough light. Many times, it's called SAD, I believe, and many times it can help you with those blue moods that you have during the winter months. It also has a benefit in terms of cleansing the liver and can help with bone health as well. But Sam E, I swear by, I first found out about it uh, from a, a doctor who I was interviewing. And she mentioned that when she was in medical school, she was going to school up in the Northwest in the United States. And she started suffering from depression. And her professor told her about Sam E. And she said she would have never graduated from medical school without that. Had she so, yeah, yeah, it really, it really can help, yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, this, this, this is funny, B, because the next letter should have been the first letter because I jumped the N above the AU. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but what makes me laugh about it is it's F, find your fetish, L, laugh out loud, AU, and I skipped AU, and AU is accept unconditionally. So I have to accept unconditionally that I messed that up. <laughs> no problem. Accept yeah. unconditionally, okay? Exactly. And it, what, what kind of triggered that is when you were talking about leaning in to the anxiety, that's really accepting unconditionally that it is coming. And mm-hmm. I can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And that story that you sh- shared about your mother, it's heart-wrenching. Yes. yes and, it, and, and it is one of those things that we just have to accept unconditionally, that life, that is life, and it's not fair sometimes. But 
Well, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's interesting because it took me years to arrive at this point. But the reality is, if it wasn't for my mother and her death, I would never be doing what I'm doing now. I would still be in corporate America, still uh, probably be stressing and having anxiety, not knowing that's what it was, because right. I thought that everybody felt like they were going straight downhill in a roller coaster with no restraints when they first woke up in the morning, because that's how it was for me. That's why I started drinking coffee at 45, because caffeine kind of counteracted that. But, um, you know, at the end of every atrocity, every trauma, every bad thing that happens to you is another door that you walk through that you have to walk through because you can't go back. And on the other side of that, there's always a blessing. And I often wonder, because my mom's been gone now, it will be 31 years on March 11th, and we're doing this broadcast on February 5th. Um, you know, I often wonder, you know, if she was here, you know, what she would think about what I'm doing. But I feel that she is, you know, I, I do. I feel that she is. And the thing, and I was lucky. I was blessed. I had her for 31 years. I have a, a younger sister um, who turned 18 a week after she died. And I'm just so grateful to have had her for 31 years and uh, to have benefited from her counsel. And I feel that she is still guiding me now. And losing my mom prepared me in many ways for this whole cycle of life that we get into in midlife that has to do with loss. And I'm a lot more philosophical. I I just lost my father last May. He was 87. 87, and was well and vibrant and still doing stuff um, up until, I mean, he had iPads, iPhones up until his death. And yes, and it gives me a little bit of joy because I know he is with my mom. I feel that. And it's interesting. um, The year that he passed, which was 2019, also happened to be the year that uh, my company um, made it to um, the goal, the income goal that I had. And you would think that losing my farm, uh, my fa- my uh, father, I'd be upset and preoccupied. Not that I, I wasn't, I was. But um, there was something else that kicked in. I don't know what it was. I call it a God wink, mom and dad um, helping me out, whatever it was. But something right. else kicked in. And now I, I kind of kicked into another dimension. And what I'd like to tell all of you who um, have um, lost your parents, um, uh, you know, whether it was recent or a long time ago, that's when you really began to realize that everything that they've taught you, whether you had a great relationship with them or not, has all come together to prepare you for this moment because we weren't designed to have our parents forever and ever. And in many ways, it is um, an unwanted blessing initially, but it can be the thing that changes your life for the better forever because we have a tendency to remember the good stuff. You know, and yes, and this is the good stuff that propels you and helps you to move to other good things. It's an opportunity, just like midlife, to go into another stage of life that's really um, freeing in many ways. Mm hmm. No, that's a good point. And that is accepting unconditionally and feeling it and processing it. And you're right. There are, there are joys. I mean, not that a a dog and a human are the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's different, but it's still that loss and that cycle of loss and just being out of, we had my dog put to sleep Sunday. It's Mm. just the perspective of a few days time. This morning I woke up and I told my husband, I'm already starting to remember her in her prime leaping around, yes. not lame on the couch. Right, right. And, and that is a blessing. And it's obviously much, much, much harder with the person. But, well, you know, dogs become part of our families. And um, um, my, my husband and I, um, this is my second husband. We've been married for 17 years. And he has had a dog in his life like for over 40 years. We lost our dog last September and we have not replaced her yet, but I still feel her. She was a huge dog. She was a Bouvier and she was big, but she acted like a puppy because she, I mean, she would follow him all the time. Sometimes he'd be like, Simone, stop, you know, because she was so big. You would fall over her, hurt yourself, especially at night because she was really, really dark. Um, And when she passed, um, she was such a sweet dog. We knew that she was sick. But she was laying outside my office prayer room, and I walked outside, and she was laying there. I could smell something, and I realized that she had had an accident, and that's not something she normally did ever. So I called my husband, and I said, honey, I think Simone had an accident. So he took her outside, washed her off. We cleaned everything else up, and, um, you know, she didn't want to come back in. So she laid down right in front of my window outside my prayer room office, 
and my husband went back inside. She didn't want to come in. And then my husband came and told me about, about 15 minutes later, she's gone. Mm-hmm. She knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in her death, she was thinking of us because she was yeah. so loyal. And she didn't yeah. want us to have that pain. But it was, you know, then we had to take her to the pound. I mean, it was very painful carrying her in our car. And, you know, there's some, uh, and we can still feel her every once in a while. Right. And you will feel her. You will feel her presence. And, and I feel they come back at certain times when they know we're having a tough time. And sometimes my husband can smell her, you know. Yeah. And so I was asking him just the other night, I said, do you think we're ready to, you know, find another dog? And he was saying, yeah, I think, I think we're ready now. I think, you know, it's, it's been a little while, but I think we're ready. So, yes, I understand. Uh, dogs are, are, are just like humans. They're a member of our family. They're a part yeah. of our hearts. Yeah, but to your point, there is that cycle of life, and we're not meant to have our parents forever, and we're not meant to have our animals forever, and and it is part of that cycle of life, and it does, even though it doesn't feel like it increases our vibration, it increases our spirituality. Yes. It increases our spirituality. Yes, yes, and you can connect with your doggy on another level as time goes by. Absolutely, absolutely, and that goes right into that last letter of flaunt, which is T, and that's trust in your truth, and Mm -hmm. I mean that as your individual personal truth and also in your spiritual truth as a spiritual being, and you've just mentioned your prayer room, and I would just love to hear you talk about what is Linus's truth. What is your truth? Uh, my, my truth is that all things work together um, for our good. That's my truth. Uh, and part of my truth is the importance of trust, even when you don't understand how it's all going to come together. I had to arrive at that because of my anxiety disorder. And, you know, God really gave me the idea of the prayer room. Um, when I was working for Corporate America, I, you know, I went to church. I was praise dancing and all that. I even belonged to a prayer line. But the idea of having a room set aside for prayer and everything else, didn't know what that was. When um, I, took that, um, I took that week off to go to a respite, and I came back out and decided I wasn't going to go back to work right away. So I went out on disability for about eight months. And at the end of the eight months, I decided that that's it. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. During those eight months, you know, the creator gave me the uh, preponderance to create a prayer room. I didn't really know what that was, uh, but I put in a lot of my, you know, foo-foo pictures that my husband didn't want me to put up because we're married and, you know, with two of us now. So all my dance pictures went into the room, uh, pictures of my children when they were growing up. Then after a while, scripture and affirmations. And now it's kind of funny when my husband walks into this room, he's like, Ugh! but when women walk into this room, they're like, wow, because on the walls are all things that I believe God gave me for me. Yes. At first, I thought it was for whoever walked in the room, but actually, it was really for me for those times when I was feeling anxious or depressed or needed to pray or whatever. So, my truth is all things work together for our good. And what leads to those all things is that inner voice. It tells you what you need to do. Because when I look at what's on this wall, it's all inner voice stuff. Right now, my newest thing I put on my wall is something that I'll be talking about today in my group. I'm going to be interviewing someone talking about hindsight manifestation. And the idea is you take this board or whatever, and you put sticky notes on all the things that you're celebrating and that you accomplished the months before. And the whole idea is to put it in a place where you can look at it. So if you're thinking, oh, I didn't do that much last month, but oh, I did all of that. And this month, I'm going to do even more. So I have another thing on my wall. <laughs> and then I have on my wall my, um, my goals or intentions for uh, 2020 from January to June. And I have all of my affirmations in scripture. I have all of my um, revenue streams up there. And I have some key things that I want to remind myself of. Uh, embrace my awesomeness, uh, the, imper- the, the importance of manifestation, know your value, uh, I'm more than enough, and love the natural you. Messages to myself, love messages that came from that inner voice that I put on my wall. I'm a visual person. Uh, then I have, a, I have a positive vibe corner on my wall, and I have things like um, uh, positive vibes, um, um, be happy, life is my favorite adventure. I mean, I have like about 10 of them up there on the wall. And then you can see all of my 
my dancers and stuff on here that I look at to remind me to move. And but this is and so when when we um, we had bought a house to for all the kids, it was a six bedroom house. And when the last one finished high school and went away to college, we moved back to his house that he had when we were born. And so uh, when when we got married, and we had like only three bedrooms or something like that, smaller but good for us. And so I said, look can I have that room for my prayer room? And my husband was like, you know what? Yes, because hey, that's what you need. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's yes. a beautiful truth. That is yes. absolutely perfect. It is, it's, it is my truth. It's not, I know it's what I need. And I encourage all women, and this is one of the things I talk about in my coaching program, to have that room, that corner, that special space that means something to you that's just for you. That when you see it and you go to it and you sit in it, you go like, <sighs> yes. Yeah, that, that's me with my fake leopard. My I know, I love it, I love it, I love it. Yes, I we get all that. that. Yes, <laughs> yes we absolutely that. do. Well, where can listeners learn more about you? Um, how can they join your Facebook group, learn about your new podcast? Can you give your contact information? Sure. Uh, you can go to wellnesswoman40.com, wellnesswoman40.com, and that will lead you to everything. And if you happen to be, I know people normally have, a lot of people in this age group, I guess, have Facebook. You just go into the Facebook URL and just type in wellnesswoman40 and beyond. And please join our group. It's a wonderful group of women. I think you've been in there before, and they're very encouraging and supportive, and um, um, great postings, a lot of other inspirational health coach, holistic living type women are there. The youngest age I think is like uh, 27. Yeah. Uh, my, one of my daughters. <laughs> and the oldest is 85. So wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I've absolutely enjoyed it. And I would love to keep the conversation going with you at some other time. Well, thank you, Laura. You're welcome. And listeners, reach out to Linus. Find out more about her. If you can't remember, reach out to me, Laura, at lauracheadle.com, lauracheadle.com, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E. And I will connect you and give you her info, too. Have a fantastic week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come release self-judgment, reveal your naked self-worth, and re-choreograph a life filled with joy. Flaunt. Find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. Come